This is a podcast from the Business Times. Singapore stocks rose in early trade on Monday, December 5th. The Straits Times Index advanced 0.4% to 3,272.52 points to start the week. On Tuesday, Wall Street stocks sliding on investor rate hike concerns led to a dip on the SDI, which fell 0.2% after the opening bell. At the midweek, gold prices struggled for momentum in early Asian trade as investors looked to next week's U.S. Federal Reserve policy meeting for clues on the pace of rate hikes. Spot gold was little changed. U.S. gold futures were flat. In Singapore, shares opened weaker, with the SDI falling 0.2% in early trade. And on Thursday, Singapore shares started on a strong note, bucking the trend of overnight declines in the U.S. and Europe. The SDI rose 0.4% to 3,238.75 points in early trade. It's Friday, December 9th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore stocks were pulled into positive territory shortly after the opening bell, mirroring Wall Street stocks' overnight advances. The STI rose 0.3% to 3,246.01 points. Here's Candice Lee, research analyst at SGX Securities, wrapping the week for us. In the week to date, the STI dipped half a percentage point, with the regional FTSE APEC index declining 1%. The cautious economic outlook relayed by global bank stocks also impacted the local banking sector. Wednesday and Thursday saw the STI retest the 3,220 range, with the blackout period for the Fed's public engagements ahead of the next Fed meeting on 14th December. There was little change to expectations for US rates. While the major adjustments to China's COVID control policies released by China's National Health Commission on Wednesday were aligned with market expectations. China's recent softer approach to COVID restrictions, key policy moves and focus on economic growth have boosted Chinese stocks. The CSI 300 index gained 9.5% in November, reversing four consecutive months of decline. In line with that, Singapore's top 10 most traded China-focused stocks also averaged 5% total returns in November, reversing October's 3.7% decline. Five out of the 10 stocks notched double-digit gains over the month. They were Yangzijiang Shipbuilding, Capital Land China Trust, Yangzijiang Financial, New, Hutchison Port Holdings and Sasserit. Coming to the Singapore market, the outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least $500 million were Southern Alliance Mining with 11% gains, SETS with 8.2% gains, and Nanofilm Technologies International with 7.6% gains. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were Cromwell European REIT, Hutchison Port Holdings Trust, and Manulife US REIT. Looking at institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 7th December, we observed net institutional fund outflows of $347 million. Largest outflows were seen in DBS, OCBC and Singtel, totaling $257 million. On the other hand, SIA, Hong Kong Land and Genting Singapore received the largest inflows combined at $51 million. By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at $239 million, REITs at $71 million, and telecommunications at $44 million. On the other hand, real estate sector, excluding REITs, 
saw the highest net inflows of $21 million, followed by healthcare at $6 million and consumer non-cyclicals at $4 million. Correspondent Raphael Lim from the Business Times newsroom shares his take of the week's drivers. After a relatively strong performance in November, markets entered the final month of 2022 with a more bearish tone as investors grappled with the key concerns of recession in the US and Europe. In November, gains came amid hope that inflation in the US had already peaked and investors saw the possibility of rate hikes starting to slow. But it appears that the positive narrative did not last for long. The jobs report in the US last Friday showed that non-farm payrolls rose more than expected in November, while average hourly earnings also jumped during the month, dampening hope that inflation would lower significantly. An upside surprise in US services data on Monday also challenged the optimism that investors had. Even if the pace of rate hikes were to slow, investors would still have to contend with interest rates at levels higher than many have been accustomed to. Market watchers have also said that even if the Fed stops its rate hikes, it may still be some time away before these rates are cut lower. Beyond inflationary pressures and the corresponding central bank action to tackle it, the risk of recessions in the US and Europe and how severe these might be are also starting to be the focus for different participants. GIC's chief economist Prakash Kanan noted during the week that interest rate shocks were less likely to be a factor heading into next year as compared to risks coming from real economic fundamentals and liquidity. Against this backdrop, most Asian markets were down over the last five trading days ending Thursday. Japan's Nikkei 225 was down 1.5%, while the Straits Times Index was down 1.7%. South Korea's Kospi slid 4.1%, while the ASX 200 in Australia fell 2.4%. But shares in China and Hong Kong were higher on the week as positive sentiment over the easing of COVID-19 restrictions in these markets took precedence over the dampened global backdrop. Hong Kong shares were up 3.5% over the past week, while the Shanghai Composite was up 1.2%. Even so, the performance remained volatile, with disappointing trade data on Wednesday in China also causing investors to take profit on some of their gains. In the Singapore market, IG market analyst Yap Jun Rong noted that the Straits Times Index was back to retesting its mid-November low of 3230. He added that defending this level may be key, as any downward break may also validate a recent double-top formation and prompt further downside. Just 8 of the 30 STI counters ended the trading week higher, with several of the Hong Kong-headquartered Jardines topping the performance on the local index. DFI Retail Group, which operates the Hong Kong supermarket chain Welcome, was the top gainer, rising 14% over the past five trading days ending Thursday. Its fellow Jardine entity, Hong Kong Land, rose 6.7%. But the sentiment was weaker when it came to the STI heavyweights. DBS shares fell 4.6% over the week, while the other local banks, OCBC and UOB, were also down 0.8% and 1.9% respectively. CGSCIMB analysts downgraded its banking sector call from overweight to neutral in view of a potential slowdown to Fed rate hikes. The analysts also said that DBS could be the most susceptible to rate cuts among its peers. Looking ahead to the next week, traders in regional markets are likely to adopt a cautious approach with key data releases in the US coming up. Both the US Consumer Price Index data and the Federal Open Market Committee meeting will take place next week. These should give investors a better indication on whether inflation has indeed peaked 
and the likely path of interest rates in the months ahead. Still to come, Candace Lee takes us through more macroeconomic and company-focused news and drivers. Partnering you on your wealth and investment journey. Bringing you insights to make well-timed market moves. Sharing actionable personal financial tips. Helping you protect and grow your wealth. Analyzing Singapore's market trends and corporate issues. Supporting you through your Singapore property journey. Insights from your trusted partner, the Business Times Podcasts. Are you listening? And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Candice, Singapore's PMI and unemployment numbers were released this week. Could you expand on these and highlight some other notable news for the week? Singapore's Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index rose slightly by 0.1 to 49.8 in November. A print above 50 indicates overall expansion, while a print below 50 indicates overall contraction in activity. This is the third consecutive month of contraction in overall activity for the manufacturing sector, after having expanded for 26 straight months between July 2020 and August 2022. November's readings was attributed to a slower contraction in the key indices of new orders, factory output and inventory. Singapore's total retail sales rose 10.4% year-on-year in October, extending the previous month's 11.3% growth. On a month-on-month, seasonally adjusted basis, retail sales were marginally up 0.1%. The estimated total retail sales value was $4 billion for October with online sales accounting for 13% against 13.9% in the month before. By category, most retail categories were up, with food and alcohol, apparel and department stores in the lead, while sales declined for three categories, supermarkets and hypermarkets, minimarts and convenience stores, and motor vehicles. Singapore's unemployment rates dipped in October and held steady at around pre-COVID levels, according to the Ministry of Manpower. In October, the unemployment rates were 2% at overall, 2.8% for residents and 3% for citizens. All three rates were 0.1 percentage point lower than their levels in September. The ministry noted that 67,700 residents were unemployed in October, among whom 60,800 were citizens. The three-month compounded Singapore overnight rate average, which is packed to most floating home loan packages in Singapore, has passed the 3% mark for the first time since 2007. As of 5th December, the three-month SORA rate stands at 3.0095%. Data compiled by the Business Times showed that at least seven banks in Singapore offering floating home loan packages based on the three-month SORA as at 18th November. The cut-off yield on Singapore's latest six-month Treasury bill that closed on 8th December shot up to 4.4%. Those who submitted bids at a cut-off yield of 4.4% were allotted 82% of what they applied for, but those who specified a lower yield were fully allotted. The total value of applications amounted to 9.3 billion Singapore dollars for the 4.6 billion Singapore dollars allotment. The last time yield on Singapore T-bills was above the 4% level was in October at 4.19%. Singapore's Urban Redevelopment Authority has increased private housing land supply on the confirmed list under its government land sales program from 3,505 units in the second half of 2022 to 4,090 for the first half of 2023. 
URA noted that the supply of private housing on the confirmed list has been progressively ramped up over the last two years to cater to strong demand from home buyers. Of the sites on the confirmed list, Champions Way, Media Circle, Marina Gardens Crescent and Jurong Lake District are new. According to flash figures released by SRX and 99.co, resale volumes of housing and development bought HDB flats recovered slightly in November, with 2,140 HDB resale flats changing hands. This was 8.9% higher than the number of flats resold in October. On a year-on-year basis, resale volumes were 17.3% lower. HDB resale prices continued to rise for the 29th straight month, climbing 0.6% from October. Compared with a year ago, prices were up 10%. Candice highlights some company-focused news for us to consider before the next trading week. Del Monte Pacific reported a net profit of 49.5 million US dollars for the second quarter, up 38% from a year ago. Group sales of 698.9 million US dollars represents 7% growth, with better performance in key markets across the United States, Philippines, and international markets. Its gross margin went up from 24.9% to 28% as a result of selected price increases in line with inflation, reduced sales of low-margin products, and expense reduction initiatives. Going forward, Del Monte also expects a new growth stream from its recent acquisition of Kitchen Basics as well as new e-commerce infrastructure. SIA and Thai Airways have signed a Memorandum of Understanding to explore more code-share agreements to improve their air connectivity in Thailand and Singapore, along with points in Europe, India and Southwest Pacific routes. To date, SIA has 33 code-share partners and access to over 200 destinations. Olam Agri has secured a $2 billion US dollar bridge financing facility to support the reorganization plans of its parent, Olam Group. Olam Group announced its reorganization plan in January 2020 to categorize its products under two operating businesses, with an intention to potentially spin out each unit and list them separately. It has since secured multiple loans, including a $2.9 billion US dollar facility in August for refinancing its existing loans. The group CFO of Olam said that the transaction gives Olam Agri significant financial flexibility while Olam Group continues on its reorganization pathway. Rev Corporation has received a mandatory offer for all its shares from two investors who have acquired a 56.6% stake from existing shareholders. The offer was made at 3.06 Singapore cents per share, 66% below the last transacted price of 9 Singapore cents per share. The offerers said that they do not intend to introduce major changes to the existing businesses of the group, redeploy its fixed assets or discontinue the employment of its staff, other than its ordinary course of business. They will, however, review strategic options to release value of existing businesses, including considering potential acquisitions, disposals, joint ventures, business partnerships and business model transformation opportunities. This has been Markets Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Candice Lee, Research Analyst at SGX Securities and Raphael Lim, Correspondent with the Business Times News Desk. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. 
For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.